All right. Well, welcome, guys. Man, we are glad you're here tonight. We are kicking off week number one of relationship goals. And here's the thing, man. There is, there is love in the air. Let me tell you why. Next Tuesday, next Tuesday is what? Valentine's. It's the month of February, right? And so we thought, man, why not take a couple weeks and talk about relationships? And, and here's the thing, relationships in the context of how you treat the other gender. Now, obviously, relationships are a part of life, right? And so there's a couple things as we jump in that I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Number one is this, man. This is a safe place. This is a safe place to talk about things like relationships and the way that God intended and intends for you and I, especially you in middle school, to look at and have relationships with the opposite gender. This is a safe place for that. Your small group is a safe place for that. Hopefully, you've already had some really good discussions and some talks tonight, and you've learned some things, and, and you've heard some things that maybe have been helpful to you, right? So we want you to know this is a very safe place. But I want to invite you into an opportunity, and this may be something you need to talk to your parents about, but we have a, a text number that if you have questions that you want to ask, the number should be on the screen. There it is. If you have questions that you might want to ask anonymously, maybe you, you don't want to ask it in, in a small group setting, or maybe you're you know, just kind of a little, a little bashful of asking questions, you are welcome to text your question into that number, and, and one of our staff team members we will answer your question as best as we can and as quickly as we can. But we want, we want this to be a safe place. And here's the thing I want to make sure you know, too, is that we're going to use this stage and your small groups this month. And we're going, to use, uh, we're going to use these stages, man, to talk to you about the truth, to talk to you about things that are in the Bible. Because here's what we know, man. The culture we live in, the world we live in, when it comes to relationship goals, there's some scary goals out there, okay? There's some scary things that we see. There's some things that are not really true. Some things that would lead you down a path that you don't want to be going down. And so we're going to use this month to teach you about the way God intended for relationships to work. But here's what I know about this room. I bet if I asked you the question, do you have relationship goals. I bet one or two of you might have a relationship goal in mind. Am I right? How many of you have a relationship goal in mind? Okay, some of you are with me and some of you don't even care. And that's great. That is great because you shouldn't yet. No, but, but here's the thing. Here is, here is two things that is true, right? And I'm not trying to pick on you guys tonight, but I want to be honest, okay? I want to be honest. And so, so gentlemen, Gentlemen, I want you to take a second and look at this side of the room. Just, just look at this side of the room. I want to talk with you. I want to talk with you about some pretty mature things. But if you're not going to let me, then that's fine. But I think you can be mature about it. Don't prove me wrong. When it comes to gentlemen, when it comes to girls, here's the thing. Not to pick on you ladies, but girls can be what we call complicated. But here, here's the key, though. 
Even when they're complicated, you treat them like a queen anyway. Right, ladies? Right, ladies? That's right. That's right. Because, ladies, you deserve to be treated like queens. Right? All right. Now, ladies, I want you to look at this side of the room. Just kind of look at this side of the room. And here's the thing about this side of the room, ladies, is that guys, let's be real. Guys are silly. Guys are silly. All right? But embrace, listen, listen, listen. You got to learn to embrace the silliness. All right? Because it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Now, this thought is going to help you in, in huge ways. See, when it comes to middle school, right? When it comes to this time of your life, when it comes to this chapter, I believe the best place for you to land when it comes to the opposite gender, when it comes to the opposite side of the room, right? I believe the best place for you to land is friendship. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. As a matter of fact, the, 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 the deal is that the foundation of every healthy relationship is friendship. The foundation for every healthy relationship is friendship. And the reason why I know that to be true is because it's true in my own life. It's true in my own life. My wife, Erin, and I, this is a picture of she and I at Stone Mountain. We were at Stone Mountain, and we had, listen, listen, listen. We had a great time. Man, we looked at Christmas lights. We both love the Christmas lights. We both love the train ride where you get to hear the, the story of the gospel um, and it was a little cold that night, so that's the only bad thing. But we love hanging out together. We love spending time with each other. We are best friends. And here's the thing. Before we even started dating, before we even started dating, Aaron and I, we agreed that we were going to take time to focus on being really good friends. We were going to build a friendship that, that we were going to get to know each other in that way, Right? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's the reason why I would say she and I have a really, really healthy and strong marriage. Because we decided that literally for the first year of our relationship, we were really good friends. And, and, and because the foundation of our relationship and of your relationships with other genders, with the opposite sex, is friendship. That is, listen, that is the foundation of where it all begins. And let me talk to you a little bit about middle school. The reason why this is important is because what I would say is that the three years of middle school can be what we call complicated. And the reason why, the reason why is because of all of the changes that you're going through as a sixth grader. Now, some of you, you haven't begun those changes yet. Some of you, you might be right in the middle of some of those changes. Some of you, that's, that's just kind of where things are at right now. But eventually what's going to happen is a lot of things are going to become different for you. And here's the thing. That's nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of. That's the way God designed us to be. He designed us to change progressively by a process over time. One of those changes is there's physical changes. While you're in middle school, there's physical change. For example, guys, I mean, let's be real. We stink anyway, right? 
But we, well, we learn a little bit more in middle school how much we stink. And we start actually wearing deodorant, which is a good thing, guys. Wear deodorant, all right? Or ladies, you start, you start wearing perfume because you want to smell nice and you want to have a nice fragrance about yourself, right? So there's, listen, there's physical change, man. There's intellectual or, or you know, there's intellectual change. Some of you are getting smarter. Some of you are getting dumber. Just kidding. Just kidding. But you're learning more in school. You're, you're getting challenged more. There is... There's social change. You're not going to like this, but some of the friends that you have right now, when you get into the eighth grade, you may not be friends anymore. I'm not trying to speak ill will, but I'm just being honest. There's changes, students, that happen naturally in your middle school years. You know, there's also spiritual change. There's spiritual change. Some of you have, have begun a relationship with Jesus this, this school year. Some of you have been baptized this school year. There's, there's a lot of changes that have begun to happen in your life. And in middle school, this is when you really start to kind of own your own faith. This is when you really start to kind of jump into your relationship with God, not because your parents want you to, but because you actually desire to, to really know him. And so there's spiritual change while you're in middle school. And see, this is a progression, and the progression I'm talking about is complicated because change is never necessarily an easy thing. Change is never necessarily an easy thing. And one of the other things that is going to begin to change is that the way that you look at the opposite side of the room might become different over the next three years. And that, too, is the way that God has designed you to be. That's the way that God has designed you to be. He's designed you to be attracted to the other gender. And in time, that begins to take place. See, these are the changes that I'm talking about when it comes to middle school. But here's, here's the thing. These three years, I think it's the most important that you would build a relationship based on the foundation of friendship, that you would choose to try to be a really good friend to people, whether it's a guy, whether it's a girl, that you would be the person that God wants you to be, that God desires you to be. Because here's a thought tonight that I want to talk about for just a second, is that, and here's the truth, I know you're not there yet, but I'm treating you with maturity tonight, so I want you to think about this. Who you are before you begin to date somebody is who you will be when you date somebody. You are making decisions right now that form that chapter of your life. And while I would say this chapter of your life does not need to be opened in, in, in the book of your life yet, I would say that the truth is who you are before you begin to date, before you begin to be interested in the opposite gender, the way God designed, that's who you will be when you date. So think about it like this. If right now you struggle a lot with gossiping about friends or gossiping about people, chances are when you begin to allow someone of the opposite gender to come into your life, you're, you might struggle with gossiping about that person. 
Or if you struggle a lot right now with lying to your parents all the time or lying to your teachers or being disrespectful in that way, chances are when you begin to open that chapter of the book of your life, you might, you might struggle with lying to your significant other. See, who you are before you begin to date is who you're going to be when you date. And let me tell you what happens because here's, here's the truth is that we sometimes look at relationship goals and we think Hollywood is the best place to base our relationship goals. Or we think uh, something like social media or media in general, movies or TV shows, right? And I'm not downing those things. Man, I love to watch television and I'm a movie guy and music is great, but we try to base relationship goals on some of these things that we see. And the truth is those are things that are not healthy. And here's a lot of times, like even today I was at Kroger and I was looking at the front page of this magazine. And it was a magazine that was like, written for probably about your age, maybe a little bit older, and it was talking about how to, 17 things that girls can do to win in life. And the thing is, man, there is so many messages and so many things that are being fed to you that people want you to believe to be true, and it leads you down a path that you probably don't necessarily want to go down. As a matter of fact, there's a myth that I want you to think about tonight. Maybe you've already talked about it, but I'm going to tell you about it for a second. There's this myth called the right person myth. And what it means is if I just find the right person for me, then everything's going to be awesome. I'm going to be happy. We're going to be like two peas in a pod. Man, we're going to, we're going to you know, love each other and care about each other. And so if I just find the right person, then everything's going to just work out. And students, the truth is, that's not true. Because sometimes we go on this quest, and I know you're not there yet, but eventually you might get convinced that you're supposed to find somebody. You know, the culture tells you it's all about if you have a boyfriend, if you have a girlfriend, and if you don't, then you're not important, and that's not true. But the messages that you hear, they begin to mess with you. And this right person myth, it's a myth, meaning it's not, it's not true, it's not, it's not accurate. I mean, think about a couple like Brad and Angelina. You guys know who I'm talking about? The Hollywood couple. I mean, those are, those are beautiful people, right? I mean, they're beautiful people. But here's the thing, man, is that it, it, it didn't work out for them. And I don't know why, and that doesn't even matter, but maybe the reason, maybe the reason was because they were focused on the wrong thing. Maybe they were focused on something that ultimately ends in a place where they never wanted to be. And see, what happens is for us is we get so obsessed at times with the other side of the room that we revolve our world around those people. And that's what culture tells us to do. But that's not what's best for you. What's best for you is that in these three years, you would learn to build friendships that are strong. And let me tell you what else might be best for you. That instead of trying to find the right person, start being the right person. 
Instead of trying to find the right person, start being the right person. As a matter of fact, if you're taking notes, maybe it's like this. Become the friend that you want to be. Become the friend that you want to be, that you want to have. The friend that you wish you had, you become that type of friend. If you want in your friendship someone that can be trustworthy, you become trustworthy. If you want someone as a friend to be honest with you, then you become someone who's honest. If you want a friend to be reliable or to be someone that, that you can tell things to that, that they won't go tell other people, then you have to learn to become that yourself, that you don't become someone who gossips about someone else. If you're trying to fill in the blank, the, the blank is date. Because I know at some point, you will eventually open that chapter of the book of your life again. I don't think it's right now. That's a conversation for you and your parents to have. But see, here's the thing. As we begin to wrap up, God created you and I to have relationships with the opposite gender. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing plan that God had from the very beginning. He created us to have relationships with them. And see, here's the thing. How many of you guys look into one of these every day? This is a mirror, right? A mirror is a powerful thing, isn't it? And I'm not trying to mess with you guys. I know it's getting on your face. A mirror is a powerful thing. And the reason why a mirror is so powerful, right, is because it shows us a physical representation of what we look like, of physically who we are. It's a powerful thing. And sometimes when we look in the mirror, we're not always super happy about what we see. And instead of allowing our life to be reflective on who God says we are, we, we try to let culture dictate who, who we are. We try to let culture tell us if we look good enough or if we're popular enough or talented enough and all this kind of thing. And, and it's like that right person myth. It's all going to lead you down to a place where you really don't want to be. But what if... What if the same way a mirror reflects our physical self, what if we began to allow the Bible to become a mirror of our spiritual self? What if what we reflected on in our life was Scripture? The same way we look into a mirror and it shows us a physical representation of who we are, we look into the Bible to see spiritually who God desires you and I to be. Young lady, who you want to become, who God wants you to be. Young man, who God wants you to be as a sixth grade boy. Because God's plan is best. And the Bible says it like this. It says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's really simple, isn't it? Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Be the friend that you want to have, right? And in the Bible, if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is the love chapter. If you've ever been to a wedding, um, this, this chapter is often read at weddings, but we don't always take time to learn what it means. Chapter 13, verse number four, just one of the verses, it says this, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. 
It does not boast. It is not proud. This is a list of what Paul would say biblical love is. It's not, it's patient, it's kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud. Now those, that's, that's a tough list, isn't it? I mean, if you don't think it's tough, replace the word love with your name. Like this, Stephen is patient, not a lot of the time. Who's impatient with me, right? That's something that I'm not good at, some of you are not good at. How about this one? Stephen is kind, sometimes, and sometimes maybe I'm not. Or what about this one? Stephen does not envy. I mean, dude, if I see a sweet-looking F-150 truck on the highway, sometimes I'm envious, See, this is a long list, right, of who God desires, listen, us to be and us to become in relationships with the opposite gender. So let's think about it. Love is patient. It means that it takes time. The progression of changes that you're going through in middle school and that you're beginning to go through or that you're in the middle of, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. That's all by design. And here's what patience is. Patience is being willing to wait for what is best, for God's best, because God's best is better than you can ever imagine. Then he says, love is kind. Love is kind, meaning having a kind heart toward toward other people, wanting their best interest in mind, coming home one night, seeing that the dishes aren't done, and you do them because they need to get done, cleaning your room without your mom asking you to do it, being a friend to someone when they need someone to, to laugh with, they need someone, a shoulder to cry on, someone to talk to, we have a kind heart towards them, honoring people. Being respectful of people. Love does not envy. You know, girls, one of the temptations you're going to have in, in these three years is, is envy. You're going to be tempted to compare yourself with every other girl. And you know what the Bible says about you? The Bible says that you're chosen. The Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that you are God's masterpiece. It's a beautiful thing. You don't need to compare yourself with other girls. God has made you and he has created you the way that he wants you. It's a beautiful thing. Then it says love does not boast. See, sometimes, guys, what we fall into is we fall into that one-upper thing. So like a friend tells a story and we're like, oh, really, man? Well, that's cool. But, dude, for me, this is what happened to me one time, right? And we try to one-up them, and we try to tell a better story, or we try to, you know, to kind of just get the edge, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes we do that, guys, because we want to impress people. That's just who we are. But you know what? We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. God loves us just like we are. Love is not proud. It's not being full of yourself. It's being willing to put the other person before yourself. See, this is kind of a recipe of becoming a really great friend. Can you imagine? What if you just took one of these things and you began to ask God, hey, God, would you help me to become more kind? Would you help me to have a kinder heart towards people? Would you help me to become more patient with people? 
mean, this is a long list, right? Patience, kindness, right? These things are not easy. But it's all focused on instead of trying to find the right person, we focus on being the right person. So here's the challenge as we wrap up. Tonight when you get home, obviously I want you to ask your mom's, your dad's permission. But I think it would be really cool if every day when you look into that physical mirror to see your physical self, that you see a message of truth from Scripture. What if you put on your mirror, ladies, maybe you take a little stick of lipstick on there. Guys, maybe you take some eye black on there. Whatever. And you put, no, 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 guys don't wear eyeliner. Eye black is what you put under your eyes for football. Now listen, listen, listen. Listen up, listen up, listen up. Here's the challenge. Before we pray together, here's the challenge. What if you put on your mirror with parents' permission, becoming the one. Becoming the one. Because instead of trying to find someone, what if you focus on being someone? Being who God has called you to be. Being um, the person that God wants you to be, that he desires you to be. And start with this list. Maybe you need to work on being patient. Maybe you need to work on not being prideful, not being all about yourself. It's a tough list, but maybe you just pick one and think about it. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that we were designed to have relationships with the opposite gender. Thank you that, God, the best place we can land as middle school students, this chapter of our life, is friendship. The foundation for relationship is friendship. And so, God, would you be honored? Would you be glorified tonight as we leave here? And would you help us to bring honor and glory to you? And we pray these things all in the name of Jesus.